Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Talent Intelligence Podcast, where we catch up with the latest in the world of recruitment. Today we have Al Freiter, who is the new Head of Talent Solutions at Solutions Driven. Welcome Al, how are you today? Oh, thanks Beth. I'm very well, thank you. Yes, how are you doing? I am doing well. Um, I always seem to record these on a Friday, which is a nice way to ease yourself into the weekend with a, a nice chat. Lovely. I look forward to it. Al, you've been with Solutions Driven a couple of months now, so I thought I'd give you a little bit of time to bed in and feel comfortable before (laughs) I build you on the podcast too quickly. Very kind. Very kind. Very kind. Yeah, I joined um, I joined in mid-November, um, so yeah, I've joined as Head of Talent Solutions, so I guess we'll dig into that in a bit more, but uh, yeah, that's me. Absolutely. So probably the best place to start today is for you to introduce yourself, give us a bit of background about your career so far, mm. how you ended up in growth, how you ended up in recruitment, um, all that fun stuff. Well, I had a I guess a meandering career is probably the way to describe it. So I, I started off the natural thing, having studied zoology at university, the natural thing is to go into advertising, obviously. Yeah. Um I, I actually initially started off wanting to do forensic science, but that 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 went awry. But that's a that's a long story. So if anyone wants to hear the story, ask me when you see me in person. Okay. But I having done zoology, yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. So uh, like a lot of graduates, I guess, um I ended up looking for a job just to pay the bills mm-hmm. and ended up in um direct marketing, so in in, in the advertising world. And mm-hmm. I um I fell into a account management role. I'd always been good, quite good with people and, and selling. And it just morphed into a career that 10 years later, I was account director for quite a few big brands and looking after their uh, their direct marketing um, efforts in terms of fundraising for charities and you know credit cards, trying to sign people up and all that sort of stuff. And just didn't really love it. So I changed tack slightly. I went back to university and uh, studied psychology, which is a real passion of mine. And off the back of my psychology studies, I was uh, looking to go down the route of being a fully trained occupational psychologist. Okay. Um, did a master's in occupational psychology, which I loved. And actually, there's a lot of big, um, there's a big crossover between sales and psychology. And, that, um, and so I ended up going into the psychology uh, for business industrial psychology world as a sales leader uh-huh. and using both my experience in the commercial world and also the the love and the the training I had in, in business psychology to, to to sort of have my second career in the recruitment um, talent acquisition world. So started off in the psychometrics and the consulting world around psychometric testing and, and screening employees as people hire them. And then I transition that into a slightly more I guess the the company I first joined was a, a traditional psychometrics business mm-hmm. that then became a more science um sort of cutting edge game-based technology that I joined uh about six or seven years ago and and spent I guess that was really a morphing into HR tech and then uh the final stage was I had an opportunity to join an RPO business um and loved it loved the idea of disrupting all the all the industries I've been in have been quite disruptive and so Project RPO and Mini RPO, which is what I'm uh, joined uh, Solutions Driven to do, um, was really attractive to me from a kind of a, a growth perspective, both, both from a, the market's going to be growing, but also for me um, personally, love being around people, love HR and technology. Um, so it all kind of mixes together quite nicely. 
Um, but, I was, I was gonna, very meandering. <laughs> I was going to say that your story is a typical one, and I don't mean that in like, yeah, everyone has done this the same things that you have. I just mean nobody ever means to end up in recruitment, do they? I was, I saw today that somebody has, um, one of the universities have started doing a recruitment course, which I think mm -hmm. is probably one of the first ones of its kind because, right. and 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 it's funny because everyone who works in recruitment didn't mean to get there but if you love recruitment like you love recruitment people are so passionate about it yeah that's it I had so many people say that and I'm exactly the same didn't mean to perhaps didn't even want to get into recruitment <laughs> that wouldn't have been my first on my list at all but um yeah love it I think it's a great uh, great career for people to have and brilliant I haven't seen that story about the, the degree but why not I mean absolutely yeah, I'll, I will send you the link once we have finished uh, here today so all right I'll sign up so you've been in the space for a while doing doing various things um the recruitment space what's the kind of biggest changes that have happened over the last say five ten years <laughs> that was very delicate uh, um so i i was thinking uh about this no i knew you'd ask that question so i think um what have i seen in the last few years so technology has always been in the recruitment world, like yeah. certainly in my career in the last decade or so, technology has formed an increasingly big part of it. But I think like a lot of um, technology advances that you see in other industries, and as I've over the last hundred years or so, it's starting to accelerate. And actually, we're seeing more and more interesting technology coming along and forming a part or parts or the majority of recruitment processes. So I think that's mm -hmm. a really interesting change and definitely see it speeding up. It's not always the best. It's not always good. Most, a lot of the time it is, but there are also some some um, red dawns there. That like, I don't know, we should perhaps be, be, be mindful of. Yeah. Um, I think the other big change I've seen over the last three or four years, maybe, has been a level of accountability that has come to the TA world more so than we've perhaps seen before. I mean, I, I've been part of um, uh, industry groups with TA leaders for, for a long time, and like, there was a frustration, certainly a few years back, of not being listened to, not having a voice at the top table within mm -hmm. companies, perhaps not having the ear of the C-suite. I think that is steadily growing and improving, and the level of accountability has um, has grown with that as well. That comes with different pressures and sort of um, a different lens that is now put on, on TA. And obviously, there's been a you know a crazy couple of years with the pandemic and the global economy and all the sort of stuff that's happening and, and there's been a lot of um, a lot of change to organizations and businesses and, and ta has, has has taken the brunt of that at times and then has been you know kind of looked upon to say save things and kickstart businesses again so there's definitely been a, a, an increased level of accountability i think that the other thing that i've been delighted to see over my career in in hr and, and you know working with um with recruiters and HR teams has been, I guess, the awakening to just the the diversity challenges that we, we know are still happening in various roles and industries and, mm -hmm. and professions. Um, I think the fact that everyone is now acutely aware of it is great. We now know we need to do things to try and combat it as much as we can in, in as many ways we can as well. So we're starting to see that really becoming an expectation now that DNI and E is, is right at the forefront of everyone's lives, which is great. Um, we've still got an awful lot of um, to do, but yeah, it really, I, I, I've definitely seen that being. It was a sort of a nice to have. I should almost kind of mention it to. It really has to happen now, which is which has been a, a, a lovely uh, evolution. 
Yeah, our um, Chief Diversity Officer, Salma, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but she did a webinar just before Christmas on kind of how to avoid the diversity downturn because I think everyone is realising that it is vital, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that when budgets are tight, that it's, it's one of the first things that tends to slip. So, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, I get it, right? I understand that sometimes companies, they are worried about certain other things, keeping the lights on, bills coming in, customers yeah. happening. And there are things that perhaps then corners get cut because mm. of uh, a limited set of resources or time. Um, and it's one of those things that perhaps does get neglected. And um, that's not right, but I can see how it happens. So, yeah, it's, there's, you're right. There was a great podcast by Salman. There are some other fantastic materials out there that I would encourage people to go and seek out to make sure that you are still considering those really important things because the downtown might last forever. And then we need to make sure that we're in a good, healthy place moving forward. Exactly. I'll pop the link to that in the show notes so that um, anyone sure. who's listening to this can, can check it out afterwards. Absolutely. So now you've joined Solutions Driven after that career um, and after after the career that you have had, um, you know, your job is Head of Talent Solutions. Um, can you tell me and the audience um, what Talent Solutions, Talent Solutions actually means and yeah. what your job entails? Absolutely. Um, so uh, my job, well, let's start with the, the second half first. My job is to uh, grow the Talent Solutions part of uh, the business. Um, so that is uh, both uh, going out and talking to new clients and, and looking for ways that we can help clients, but also to develop our product um, roadmap internally in terms of what we're doing. But that's a broad church because the answer to the first half of your question is it's all things talent. So yeah. it could be, um, I mean, a lot of what we do is, is embedded talent and placing uh, our amazing recruiters within companies uh, TA functions and yeah. then uh, with capacity and that's a big part of what we do in Town Solutions but we also do a whole raft of, of consulting services as well whether that's uh, looking at your process whether it's giving you advice on the uh, DNI that we just talked about a second ago it could be um, general consultancy it could be uh, paying benefits reviews it could be tech implementation you name it we've probably done it over the course of the last 20 22 years of Solutions Driven um, and we've probably done it in the country you're in, given that we've got this uh, global remit, which is yeah. which is amazing. So it's that's a really sort of pol political answer that it's everything, <laughs> but it's um, but it's really yeah. Our main focus is uh, embedded talent, but also then how can we come in and uh, improve the processes that companies may have, and make sure that we're doing everything we can to maximise uh, the efficiency and uh, getting the business in a better place with their with their with their hiring. Now that could be yeah branding, candidate value proposition, um, all the way through to working with the psychometrics, my pet favourite. Uh, you know your ATS, your integrations, your video hiring, whatever it might be, and then. Um, yeah, also reporting suites for organisations as well and making sure the metrics are, are right. So, um, yeah, does that, I hope that answers the question. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, just adding a lot more value than just putting one person in one role. Absolutely, um, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's all about um, just turbocharging and supercharging your, your recruitment and TA efforts. And, yeah. and, um, you know, we've got some amazing, amazing recruiters with some fantastic experience. Um, and we have a really wide view of the market and the technology that's out there as well. So companies can come to us 
and get a view on you know what's right for them and we'll give them a recommendation what, what that might look at now it might be that we look at it and say you don't need them you're perfect happy days uh, but it's there's always little tweaks and changes that we can that we can do as well so we use a, a process called um, recruitment process intelligence and that really is fundamentally about us yeah, see on our front. Yeah. Oh that God. really is about us coming and looking at what we've got and what we find um and giving you advice and uh as well as that giving you then the, the recruitment uh, muscle the the horsepower to, to then deliver that new uh, that new process i was about to do like a little muscle thing there and then realized that that would be pretty embarrassing and i i shouldn't do that <laughs> I'm going to stop myself. All right, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Right, so quite a lot of recruitment agencies, uh, recruiters, you know, what they do is basically mm. place people in roles. Once that role is filled, they then yeah. step away. What, yeah. what you're talking about in talent solutions is much more of a, a broad remit, right? Yeah, for, for people that aren't re- familiar with the, the, the it's, it's, it's an emerged rather than emerging it's an emerged yeah. sector um it, you know people might want to call it embedded talent people might think of it as recruitment as a service mm-hmm. um it's an rpo by another name so rpos tend to be very big very unwieldy very um typically expensive and long-term contracts as well what we're talking about here is i guess the best of the rpo world so you get all of, you know you get it people that are embedded in your team, they become an extension of your team, they look and feel exactly like a member of your organization, and they live and breathe the values that, that, that you have, but then you have the ability to get those roles processed nice and quickly. It's not that you have to do that for you know, 12, 24, 36 months. Um, we can get up and running quite quickly. So you have the kind of agency feel in terms of speed, but you have the full RPO type nature of the business as well so it, that's a really simplistic way of putting it but i guess that was probably where we sit i'm not saying that there isn't a space for rpo of course there is i'm not saying there isn't space for agencies again there is and that's a big part of what we do at solutions driven but absolutely that we're a, another option for people where if, if the circumstances are right and they have that um that, that need for a hyper agile solution to come in and, and, and you know give their ta function a real boost in terms of output um then, then we're there to, to do that as well as all of those other things i mentioned a ago. you're going to be wearing a lot of hats in the next coming months and well years, ab- absolutely but i think that I'm, what i'm really excited about is that I, this option is incredibly cost effective for organizations and of course we're not going to be right for everyone of course we're not but what we can do is give clients that control over a team a dedicated team on a short-term basis that like i say is typically cost effective um but it gives them it gives them the ability to have always on recruiting yeah and what i mean by that is that you can have that flex so it could be that you take a couple of people from us to help with your you know, you know what your process looks like and then the ongoing um, running of that process it could be that you scale that up and then as you're hiring you know you have seasonal peaks and troughs as that then starts you know declining or you know we, we start filling all of those roles which we will very quickly mm-hmm. uh, you can then scale the team back and up and down as you need to um, accordingly or when you in overlay it with our uh, search practice you can then have an always on solution that you can have that ultra ultra flex of up and down with resources whether they're uh, embedded with you or not so i think it's a really exciting um really exciting way for people to look at uh, using a third-party recruitment agency like ours um, to help with their, with their challenges. 
course, they can. Yes, I will. They can control their recruiting, but they can also keep really good control over their budget as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we we work on a fixed cost basis. So there is a, a monthly management fee for, for the work that we're doing, and that's it. It's a, and we will hire as you know, many as we can for that fee. So. Yeah, there isn't that kind of, oh gosh, we've hired loads and loads of people here, it's going to cost us X amount. I mean, although that is normally a problem, but we can, um, we do it for a fixed fee, so it, you know, we get the benefit of that assurance of uh, budget. Sure. You have kind of answered my next question here, because since you started um, working here, you have spoke about always on recruitment, and that mm. was what I was, that was what I was going to ask you next, but true to form, you have um, spoken about all these on recruitment yeah. already. <laughs> I mean, I get the, the reason that I talk about that is that when I speak to clients um, uh -huh. and and TA leaders, one of the things is demand planning is 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 a constant battle. It's a constant um, uh, iteration. You know, people are never sure. If, you, if I say to you today, Claire, how many are you going to hire this year? You probably go, I think it's this. And yeah. that, but the amount of time that clients say, well, I've got. 40 live recs at the moment, but I'm probably going to get another 50 added, and then that might be another 70. And that is, it's really hard for you to then go and build a team internally on, you know, full-time contracts. So what we allow is that you can have that flex where you can dial up and down the, the, the recruiters that you have from us and the services that we are providing to you um, based on that need. Now, if things change and that drops right off and you've only got one or two roles left, well, we have this ability um, with Solutions Driven to, to, to switch our work into the search practice. So you can still work with us, that always on is still happening. And then as and when demand picks up again, we can be really quick to react and give you that capability back in internally. So that's what I mean by always on. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a way of helping uh, TA leaders to, to fight that uncertainty with, uh, with what the, the, their business is going to throw at them, which I'm imagining will resonate with most of the TA leaders listening to this. Especially after how much everything has peaked and troughed and changed oh, yeah. over the last kind of couple of years. Um, we had Kate Terrell, who um, worked with us when um, when she was at Actana. She's now with Menlo Security doing um, cyber security. But she, one of the things she said, and it sounds a bit cheesy, and we laughed about it on the podcast, it's just like the only thing that we are certain of coming up in the next year is that this change. Do you know? It's one of those years mm. where nobody knows what's going to happen. So yeah. it feels quite timely that you have joined yeah. Solutions Driven just now to take on the show. Good. <laughs> Timing's everything. We're delighted to have you. <laughs> bless you, bless you. Um, right. So I'm I'm talking about the year ahead, and obviously, um, mm. you don't you don't have a crystal ball, but imagine that you did. What would what would you say are going to be the big kind of trends in recruitment happening in 2023? Mm. So I think, what do I see happening in the year ahead? Well, it's interesting that the gig economy, right, has been here for. A long time now. It's not a new thing. But what I'm, I think we're going to see over the next 12, 18 months or so is just the level of that really increasing. I mean, I've seen a few reports recently saying by 2025, you know, nearly half of the workforce are going to be um, made up of the gig economy. I mean, I, I find that hard to believe. I'm not sure it's going to be as, as, as much as that, but it's definitely heading in that direction. So what does that mean for you as a recruitment function? How are you going to go and 
um, accommodate that in your plans and who you're attracting and, and um, you know, how does that work with the other 50% that are not? In yeah. So th- I think there's a whole lot of organizations that are going to have to embrace this. I think a lot of the organizations that have worked with, um, with you know, contractors have done so inc- incredibly well, incredibly efficiently. Uh, they've, they've, they've kind of jumped onto, the, onto that bandwagon and mm. expanded their use of contracts a lot. I think we'll see a lot more organizations go down that, go down that route in the next 12, 12 months. I think the other really interesting, uh, and I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't answer this fully, but the other interesting change for me is around AI. So I've been in, like I said at the start, I've been in HR tech for eight, ten years or so, and there's been a lot of talk about AI throughout mm-hmm. that period, and it's always been, um, you know, it's, it's like that old adage about teenage sex. Everyone talks about it, but no one's actually doing it, right? Yeah. With AI, I'm sure that was the case, and there's definitely a sense now that AI is is, is really starting to, to bear fruit. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners will have heard of um, Chat's um, GPT and the AI tool that they have. Really interesting. And I think the uses of that are going to be fascinating. I mean, that's just going to be, I mean, that's just the one getting headlines at the moment. There are going to be others now that I think will be doing more. It'll be really interesting to see what interesting takes that happens and i think that those technologies that have claimed to have it in the past but probably just had a bit of better machine learning how will that proper ai really start coming to life and helping us with things like you know, you know candidate management pipeline um yeah i think it's gonna be a really interesting for you well probably a few months but you know it's certainly over the next couple of years um, i think ai is going to be a, a big big stable of that and then you know how does that change the way we interact as humans with our computers, our devices, when we're looking for jobs and looking for career change and looking for development. Yeah. And then, you know, linking back to what I said about diversity, that that then needs to be factored in. But, you know, is the AI doing as well as a job as it could do for everyone it's, um, it's been? Yeah, because that's, that's always one of the, the criticisms of being quite tech heavy in the past was that, in terms of diversity, quite a lot of tech and things like psychometric tests as well mm-hmm. would would be biased against people who maybe English wasn't their first language. And I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of interest in ethical and moral, moral stuff that comes out of this as well yeah, in and recruitment. It, and it also, you know, depending on things like, you know, what about um, just from like a socioeconomic point of view, have, has everyone got the technology that they need to access, access these tools? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing. Do you have the bandwidth? There are some societal changes that we need to make in terms of education, definitely, but also, yeah, things like access to a quiet, secure place with a with an internet connection to be able to do some of the stuff that maybe organisations are asking them to do as, a, as they're applying for jobs. So, yeah, there are some there are some interesting ethical dilemmas, which I think will be quite interesting. It's not just the things like you know self driving cars that we need to think about. Yeah, slightly more mundane stuff about applying for jobs. How how does that? Uh, get impacted by some of these 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 things. So I think it's going to be um yeah I think I look forward to seeing the debate pan out over the next next year or so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting year, twenty twenty three, for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're almost ready to to wrap up, but um just. I always like to finish off um, these podcasts with some tips or um, some some actionable insights that people can take away so they haven't just yeah. listened to us rabbit and on for okay. minutes, half an hour. But what, in your opinion, obviously we are talking about the fact that, you know, there's peaks and troughs, we're, we're going through a bit of a recession, a bit of a downturn at the mm. moment. 
what are the three things that businesses can do to ensure that their recruitment function comes out the other end of this dip stronger or as strong as what they went in? Okay. So I've got a bit of a pet hate, which I'll put as my number one, right? And okay. I'll probably preach it to the choir here. Uh -huh. But first things first is get, you've got to know what you're after, okay? So mm -hmm. um, what is it you're actually looking for the role that you're hiring for? All roles, you know, but it's so I still see companies going out to market with a spec that is just not right or slightly old-fashioned or they mm -hmm. cut and pasted it from one five years ago have you actually spent time looking at what your organization needs for that role now the reason this is becoming more and more important is you know going back to what i said earlier about you know remote working gig economy all that sort of stuff do you really need some of those skills that you have on there some of those must-haves that you are certain are really important because yeah. half the time i look at them and i'm like why are you needing that and then yeah. if you are certain you need some of those things what's that going to do to your available pool so that's a really important part of it. Then also getting the spec right is how, and this goes back to my psychology days, but unless you have the spec in terms of what you're after, both skills, hard, hard and soft skills, but also uh, personality and behaviours, mm -hmm. what is it you're looking for? Unless you define that first and work with your stakeholders internally, you, you, you're setting yourself up for a bit of a failure because you'll probably end up with the wrong person, a disgruntled process, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So that would be my top tip. If you're not doing that, please do it. <laughs> please, um, please, please. Do it. Second would be uh, I'm a huge believer in getting uh, your values right as a business when you're looking to attract. So candidate uh, value proposition or employee value proposition, as you might know, is incredibly important. You've got to be open and honest and transparent about who you are, what you are, and what you're looking to, to do what you offer that attraction process has got to feel genuine and um, heartfelt and really if you do that you're going to get better candidates coming through you're going to have better hiring success if you if all of the people that, that, that touch your candidates as part of the process you know extol the values in your business you're going to have a better hiring experience both internally and externally actually and then you'll get better people aligned to your values and not then deciding to jump ship after a few months, hopefully, that's yeah. happen. But it should reduce that churn as well. So values are incredibly important. And I think certainly as the you know the world of social media and and, and you know carries on a pace and has changed and some of the older people like me are leaving the market, well, not quite, but <laughs> the older generation leaving, you know, things like you know, Glassdoor and you know, people talking on, online about their experiences and the values and what they're seeing, it's, it's just more and more important than absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of companies have done great work in this. I just think we just can need to carry on doing, doing better. So have that at the forefront of your, of your mind. And then the final bit we've already, we've already touched on, my third one would be avoiding the black diversity downturn. So I'm pleased you're going to post the, the link to some yeah. um, talk um, for, for people to go and have a look at. But you know that times times may be tough now, but if you're starting to build up a problem for yourself by cutting corners on certain things and diversity and inclusion is going to be a really important one, I think, here to not do this with, because you, you're just going to build up problems further down the line. And, and we, you know, and this hopefully won't be that long of a downturn, but actually, when we come out of it, you don't want to be in a, in a position where, going back to my first, my, my previous point, your values look 
different to the actual the experience that people see when they look at your organization and say, well, where is your diversity and what is your policy in this and how have you treated black people from, from, from minority groups in the past? So avoid that now. Make good. What's they're saying about, you know, you uh, you, you fix, fix the roof in the summer because the when winter comes, you're in a good place and whatever. Yeah. Butchered that. But that, that is kind of mindset you have to have here. Actually, you know, when times are tough, you need to really focus on, on, on these things as well. So that would be my top three tips. And my fourth one would be don't use analogies and hopefully you don't know. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna try and help you out with making well the sunshine. That's it. Yeah, like, that's, that's not okay. I don't, I don't yeah. think that necessarily fits no, no, sure um, the done. analogy there. This, do you know what we do recruiting? We don't do analogies. No, so exactly. Fine. Yeah, if that know. hasn't made any sense at all, feel free to message me and, and, and ask me to clarify. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I hopefully that 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 you know, that comes across. So I guess yeah, that would be my my, my top tips for people. Um, yeah. Do you know? All three of those fit into the topic of alignment, right? So um, you're aligning all your stakeholders, you're making sure that you're aligning your candidate brand and, and your engagement with the people who you want to attract. And then the diversity part fits into that as well. It's all part of your employer brand and, yeah. and aligning, making sure you're aligning yourself with the people who you want to hire long term um and your goals for 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 the future so yeah yeah exactly that exactly that that would be a, a very succinct way of putting it that's why you're in marketing class <laughs> you'd think i'd be better at analogies <laughs> <wouldn't you? laughs> i'll work on that <laughs> well Al, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today um thank you thank you so much for spending part of your friday afternoon with us um and I'm sure that we will chat soon in the future. We'll have to get you back on when. Oh, love to. See, see if we can uh, see if your crystal ball predictions have come true. Yeah, brilliant stuff. All right, well, thank you for, for your time and, and thank you to listening. Everyone listening. Thank you. Great, thanks, Al. Bye. Bye.